Welcome back to the Women of Marvel podcast, where we assemble to chat all things Marvel and more. Hey guys, it's Judy, and stay tuned for our epic San Diego Comic-Con Women of Marvel panel live. But first, we want to say a big thanks to our advertiser. Marvel Spider-Man features your favorite web-slinger in a story unlike any before it. Now a seasoned superhero, Peter Parker has been busy keeping crime off the streets as Spider-Man. Just as he's ready to focus on life as Peter, a new villain threatens New York City. Faced with overwhelming odds and higher stakes, Spider-Man must rise up and be greater. Sony Interactive Entertainment, Marvel, and Insomniac Games present Marvel's Spider-Man exclusively for PlayStation 4. The Big Apple comes to life as Insomniac's most expansive and interactive world yet. Swing through vibrant neighborhoods and catch breathtaking views of iconic Marvel and Manhattan landmarks. Use the environment to defeat villains with epic takedowns in true blockbuster action. Marvel's Spider-Man is coming exclusively to the PlayStation 4 on September 7th, 2018. Hello, hello, hello. You guys, we made it to San Diego Comic-Con on a Sunday. We're here. You guys should be really proud of yourselves. Give yourselves a round of applause. Yes, it's the Women of Marvel panel. Yeah. It's the best panel of San Diego Comic-Con. You guys love it. Thank you for being here. Judy, what are we doing today? So uh, today is our ninth annual uh, panel at San Diego. So isn't that exciting? Next year's our 10th year. Clearly, we're going to have to do something big. If th- This is a big panel, not, nonetheless. So, so welcome, everyone. Um, for those at home and those sitting here, we are actually recording this. And this is going to be the next episode of the Women of Marvel podcast, which is uh, what Sana and I have been doing for the last three years. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, as we get into the panel. So, so don't scream anything inappropriate. Like your name. But scream so that you can hear yourself when you're listening at home. Yes. Okay, so we're going to introduce... Hi, I am Judy Stevens. That's me. Yay, Judy. Hi. Uh, I have a new photo. It's not my Captain Marvel photo anymore, but I'm still wearing a Captain Marvel dress. I am uh, one of the co-hosts for The Woman of Marvel, and I'm a producer for the Marvel New Media team. I work on shows like Marvel Becoming and Marvel Quick Draw. And then my co-host... That's me. The sun I'm on it. It's a, it's a very photoshopped picture. Yeah, I helped. <laughs> she is the VP of content and character development. She does a lot of shiny, shiny, shiny things. And also a producer on Marvel Rising. Yay! Yeah, oh, so well, let's, let's welcome our panelists yes, up let's before we get into Rising. First up is G. Willow Wilson. Yeah! The writer of Miss Marvel with, uh, we have Margaret Scott. Margaret Scott. Margaret Scott. The Marvel Rising feature writer. Uh, we'll actually be able to watch uh, some fun stuff that she helped write later. We have Kat Kavari. Voice of Miss Marvel. Kat, Kat, you got your groceries with you? What's up? <laughs> she's ready. She's ready. She's got so much stuff. Next she you know, she's going to get a delivery of some fast food, maybe some she, pizza. She had a night. She had a night. <laughs> I had a lovely night. Sure, sure. Yeah, sign of that. And then, Milana Weintraub. Milana! Woo! The voice of Squirrel Girl. And if anyone was following her on social media yesterday, she wore her Squirrel Girl costume. She looked amazing. Thank you. And then finally, last but not least, Christy Reed. Woo! Uh, Christy Reed Woo. is the voice director uh, for Marvel Rising. 
thank you guys. Thank you all the panelists, amazing panelists for being here. So I want to do something before we kick off the Women of Marvel panel that we do every single panel. And I want all of the people in this room who want to work in the comics industry, who want to work in the entertainment industry, to stand up, whether you want to do it or you are doing it, just stand up. There's got to be more than you. Come Woo! on, guys. You're a Comic-Con. There you go. Hello. Years ago, people told you guys could not be in this industry, and you're still here. Believe in it, and make sure that you guys all connect with one another, because these are your people, and these are the people that you're going to start collaborating with. And it's very, very simple. So thank you guys for, for making it this far. All right, so let's let's kick this kick this so, panel off. Yeah. yeah, so you know, we also always like to do at the start of this panel is talk about how when we first started doing this panel, there was maybe one or two female-led books that we were currently printing. And we have so many. We have 20 to 30% of our line um, is, is female-led. And this is just a selection of the covers that are currently going right now. You know, we've got Miss Marvel, obviously, and Squirrel Girl, and Captain Marvel, and Ghost Spider, and, uh, you know, we have Riri. It's... It's pretty amazing, and it's all thanks to you guys out there. You gotta keep on buying those books. You gotta, and same thing with merch. You gotta keep on buying that merch because now we've got a brand new Captain Marvel jacket from her universe. You know, we've got we've got Captain Marvel vans. I'm wearing them right now. Like we have things, and you just you gotta keep on going, and we're doing it. Yeah. So make sure you guys check out all these titles. They exist because of you. Nine years ago, we asked you guys to buy one comic of the only female title we had, which was Captain Marvel, and then buy another one for your friend. And you did, and now we have so many lady titles. So thank you guys so much for supporting you guys and supporting great stories. And also this year is actually, you know, part of this panel is about the celebration of the female <laughs> characters that, you know, we get to interact with every day. And this year is the 50th anniversary of Carol Danvers. Whoa. <laughs> she looks so young. <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's great because she, Carol, has seen many different costume changes in her life and many different great stories. And uh, Margaret uh, Stoll is, is bringing a new chapter to her life in the life of Captain Marvel. Issue one is on sale right now. Go pick it up. It's amazing. It might make you cry. I did. It's really good. And it's beautiful. It's art by Carlos Pacheco and Marguerite Sauvage. And it's a part of Captain Marvel's life that no one really talks about. But speaking of the number 50, we also have made it to 50 issues of Ms. Marvel. Willow, what did we do? How did that happen? I, I don't know. I mean, I remember us being like, let's, let's be really, really optimistic and talk about maybe 10 issues. And we're going into volume 10. So I, I, I don't Ooh. know. It's, it's, it's really, it is. It's all the readers. This is the little series that could. And uh, I'm, I'm, I still pinch myself. <laughs> so why don't you talk a little bit about the 50th issue itself? Um, so for the 50th issue celebration, we wanted to do something really fun, something oversized that brought in other storytellers to do their take on Kamala Khan. And we got just the most amazing roster of people. Hassan Minaj wrote a story, Saladin Ahmad, Rainbow Roll, and we had a wonderful cast of uh, artists as well, some of them who had never done a Ms. Marvel book before. So it's this fantastic oversized issue that sort of starts out with uh, Kamala having a sleepover with some of her friends, but as you might guess, the world intervenes <laughs> and she has to go put on her costume and uh, it ends with a twist 
that uh, you may or may not see coming. So it's, it's really cool. It definitely celebrates what's already happened in the series and also sets the stage for what's coming up. I love that we are talking about anniversaries and big numbers like 50 and talking about where we were, what we've accomplished, and now like where we're going. And I think like the fact that we have these characters like Ms. Marvel, this is a testament to the fact that, hey, like girls like superheroes too, and we have a bunch of them, and they all happen to be so, so different, which is why we're really excited and we wanted to do Marvel Rising because of the fact that we have accomplished so much and these characters are so important to everybody that we realized that we needed to create a space for that and to continue to evolve these characters into different places. And that's really where Marvel Rising came from, is this collection of this next generation of, of, of heroes. Um, so actually... Marigrid, why don't you tell us a little bit about Marvel Rising and, and what it means to you and, and what, do you, what you like about it? Yeah, so um, Marvel Rising starts with a series of six shorts. That's Marvel Rising Initiation, I believe is the final title. And um, that covers sort of the tale of Ghost Spider. Um, we find out that she has been framed for murder. <gasps> <laughs> and um, she ends up sort of, actually, it's a kind of like one long chase scene of everyone in Marvel Rising trying to catch Ghost Spider. And then that leads into and sets up Ms. Marvel and Squirrel Girl, who are the main characters of Marvel Rising Secret Warriors, which is the feature length. And that, I really was thinking about all the different kinds of superhero movies that had existed. And I was like, you know, I've never really seen like a buddy superhero movie. And so this is really the story of Kamala and Doreen, like two best friends who are trying to sort of make their mark on New York and trying to be heroes together. And, and it was just such a great chance to, to finally get to put myself a little bit in the story because I went to college in New York and I, I was sort of thinking about like me and my roommate and how we were like, we've made it to the big city, we're gonna make our mark. And then it's so big and everyone's so much better and more important than you. And you're like, we're good too. Like, so, so this is definitely about a lot of young heroes trying to find their voice. And also, especially for Ms. Marvel, learning to claim your, your voice and claim your space, which I think is just a really great message that I'm happy to, to give to the next generation. I can't, I can't say how excited I am, as someone who works at Marvel, to see these characters come to life on animation. I mean, obviously, like Kat, you know, we've talked to you on The Woman of Marvel before, but having Milana on and doing Squirrel Girl, like, this is like kind of like a, it's exciting, super exciting for me. So, and we also have some uh, pretty amazing um, character art for all the different characters that are gonna be in it. Also, Captain Marvel, hola. <laughs> so, uh, I just wanted to say, can we go back to that last slide real quick? Um, so, it's the shorts are premiering on DXD on August 13th, and then they're gonna go live on Marvel HQ. And um, the, the feature will be premiering in the fall on the Disney Channel. So make sure you check it out. It's really, really, really special, special project. Now we can go show the rest of the characters. Oh. These this is why I bring Sana with me everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I correct you all the time. <laughs> and then we also have them in their casual looks. <laughs> <laughs> They're real people, guys. So I'm expecting people out there to be cosplaying this. Yeah. So if you're not already cosplaying this or have this on your plans, mm -hmm. Start it in gear. So these are a lot of the designs that we did during the development process. As you guys can see, everyone looks different and is different and their body types are different and that's incredibly important to us. But this project means a lot to I think everyone up here and uh, specifically Kat, 
You have been voicing Ms. Marvel, God, for how long? Uh, it's like three and a half years. Oh, my, oh my Lord. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, that's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> it's, um, it's a huge honor. I love voicing her. What is it about Kamala that makes you, I mean, you're so passionate about her. And <laughs> I know you're an actress. You do a lot of different kinds of work, but this feels a little bit different. Why is that? When I first started out acting, every single role that I ever went to audition for was either the terrorist, the wife of a terrorist, girlfriend. Wait, no, they don't have girlfriends. <laughs> uh, a woman hiding out in a cave in Afghanistan waiting for a U.S. soldier to, to save her. And it was the most disheartening two years of my life going out for these things. I mean, there were times where I would just come home and be like, I can't do this even if I get the role. Like, there's no way I can do this. And so I had heard about Ms. Marvel before I got her. Someone's like, there's a Muslim superhero. And I'm like, what? It's a brown girl. Like, that's amazing. And then literally like two months later, I got the audition for, for her. And I did it and I thought it was gonna be just like a one-time thing. I had no idea I was gonna be doing this three years later. And it's like the antithesis of everything that I hated about what my journey had been like up until that point. And I'm brown. I come from a Muslim family. I what? go to a Muslim. I know, it's crazy, right? <laughs> it's true. Um, and for me, this is important because it's, it's, it's for my family. I'm tired of defending my family. I'm tired of defending my country people. There's a Muslim ban. Mm -hmm. There is a Muslim ban. And this, this is needed. We need more of this. And because how, we're not out in the streets. We're not stopping this. The Supreme Court has lost its mind. And so, you know, we, and media matters. Media matters. Media makes a difference. There's a reason people are scared of Muslims and it has to do with the negative portrayal that's been per perpetuated by media. Uh, that's false and wrong and dangerous and reverberates throughout the world. And this is why Kamala means everything to me. Mm -hmm. Woo! Well, can I ask you real quick, like seeing her come alive here, how does that feel for you? I'm, I, I keep waiting to wake up. I'm like, is this a dream? Is this really happening? <laughs> uh, you know, just to have seen this character come so far in the space of five years, uh, to see so many amazing, talented people invest in, in her and to see the, the meaning that she has had for readers really, really astonishes me. And it, it, it hasn't just changed my career and the way that I write, it's, it's changed who I am. It's changed how I think about my work. It's changed the way I relate to fans. And I am just so honored to be part of something that has been meaningful to such amazing human beings. And I'm just, I'm thankful for it every single day. We are too. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm so honored to be sitting up here and having the two of you on this panel. I feel like it is very important. It is a, it's a moment of time. And, you know, also having someone like Squirrel Girl, who is this, mm, yeah. the most powerful character in the universe, beat Galactus. <laughs> Take that, Thanos! Yeah. yeah, you know, like, and not only that, like seeing body diversity in Squirrel Girl, but, I mean, Milana, what was it like when you were first approached and you are like, I'm going to be Doreen? 
I just felt like I already was. <laughs> uh, when I read the comics, I felt like she talks like I talk. And she looks kind of like how I look. And, um, you know, like Kat was saying, representation really matters. And um, I am a white woman, so I get to see myself more often. Um, but I don't often get to see characters who have uh, thighs. <laughs> um, and Doreen, she's actually like a really normal sized person. Um, when we talk about diversity, I think we're taking a step towards um, more inclusion of different shapes. But she's, you know, she uh, is probably like a very healthy average person. So, um, in fact, a lot of the things that we see in, not just in comics, but in TV and film are people who are <laughs> abnormally thin. <laughs> so, um, so to represent somebody who looks like an American girl is is comforting and lovely. But um, really, like the most attractive thing about Squirrel Girl to me is not the way that she looks; it's the way that she thinks. It's that she is so resourceful and kind and positive. She's I think her optimism actually lends to her resourcefulness. She's really confident that she's going to find a way to solve it, regardless of whether she's actually physically strong enough herself. But she's smart enough, and she has great relationships, and she can summon the power of squirrels, <laughs> um, which, you know, is a, that's something that I'm still working on. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got tippy. Yeah, I got tippy. Yeah, how is it interacting with uh, a little squirrel best friend? Um, it's interesting because in the live act, there, there's a live action version of this that we're working on. And um, <laughs> I don't know if I'm about to get shot for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> the it would be a, a dart. Um, it would be a laser gun, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> It'll just be a slow <laughs> Oh, she's gone. <laughs> Bye. All right, we gotta go. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So, so in that in that version of it, we have Tippy, and um, the hard thing for me is actually um, Tippy's so cute that I want to kiss her all the time. <laughs> And that's not Doreen's relationship with Tippy. <laughs> they're, they're best friends, you know, and um, and they they work together. They're this there's this unbeatable team. Um, so I have to actually like hold myself back when I work with Tippy. You talk a lot about kissing Tippy. <laughs> I love her. She's so cute. Son, I just Wait, is she a real squirrel? <laughs> like, is oh, they'll kill me for that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> There is a cosplayer in Atlanta who actually helps like rescue squirrels. <gasps> and so she'll take them to like a squirrel habitat in Atlanta. So we need to hook you up with what? Ricky. <laughs> She's so my role model. You can go interact with squirrels. <laughs> yeah. So do we got a We've got some uh, some fun stills. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. shorts. I love these. Okay, so I, I love these stills a lot. It shows a lot about um, of course, Ghost Spider is in the prequel shorts, um, but it also shows the beginning of Kamala and Doreen's first superhero team up. Actually, Milana and Kat, what is it like 
like that friendship, what does it mean to, to you? Because you guys became friends in the course of this project, right? Yeah. Yeah. So how does, what is that relationship between Kamal and Doreen? Why is it so special? I think we both see ourselves in, in both of the characters. And somehow, I don't know, by the miracle of the universe, that those characters brought us together in a lot of ways because I, and I think we also really like each other we like each other yeah I mean we have similar you I know thoughts and morals and values mm -hmm. we both yell cultural appropriation when we walked past that thing outside that's just like generically Middle Eastern <laughs> <laughs> you know um, yeah there's like we I think we, we we fight for the same cause and we both really care about female empowerment and female friendships and actually how much that can move us forward individually and as a gender. Um, it's better to support each other than to tear each other down. And for yeah, the longest time, it yeah, and it's so nice to really, see that. Yeah, and we're, it's really, I mean, and you can see this, this is actually an extremely supportive group. This isn't just for this. Everyone loves each other very much and really, and that includes us too. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful time to, it's a beautiful time to be alive. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we don't hang out. We don't. <laughs> But um, one day, but when it's a room full of people, we're nice. To we like each other. <laughs> There's some cool. very heartfelt nods. <laughs> Long stares. <laughs> well, Christy, what is it like sort of coaching, directing these two ladies in the room? Like, you know, what is it like when you go in the room and you're like, OK, today, we need you to talk to a squirrel. <laughs> I have a long list of grievances that I want to air out. <laughs> no. Um, it's true that both Milana and Kat bring themselves to the character. And for me, that's a really great thing to start with. Because we're not starting at a place where they're unfamiliar with each other. They're starting at a place where they're in a relationship. And I can take that and take something that might start here, but start here and really take it to the next level. So it allows me to really actually have relationships that are true and nuanced, and they fight, and they make up, and they love each other. And that's what friendship does. And so it allows me to really create a full-fledged, fleshed-out friendship, which I think is really great as a director to be able to do that. What about, uh, okay, what about directing Tippy Toe and Lockjaw? Because we should, we should talk, we should, we, yeah. It's awesome. Tell us, yes, how this happened. Tell us all about the voice actor and how you tell someone to be a squirrel. <laughs> so the voice actor, you guys, if you know any voice actors, he's a very famous voice actor. He does a lot of animals and monsters. His name is D. Bradley Baker. Woo! Yeah. He is amazing. And these guys have seen him he's do incredible. it in person. Incredible. And it's, it's mind-blowing. So he is the voice of Tippy as well as Lockjaw, and he will frequently play off of each other, each other as he, Tippy and Lockjaw are having intense moments with each other because they don't always get along, but sometimes Tippy will help out Lockjaw. Um, but to tell an actor, you know, okay, so basically Tippy is saying, get the heck away from me, I don't like you right now. And then Dee will take that and go, so much better really than what good. I did. That no. was really good. <laughs> that was good. It'll sound so much better. And then, and then he'll take that and he'll make it an actual performance. So that is an amazing thing to see, and you see the character come to life. And for me, as someone who's going through and looking at all of these different things that I can add voice to, animals are something that I really try to flesh out because it can create a whole B story that's going on that you might not even realize had you not add a voice to it. So both Tippy and Lockjaw are characters that I really try to bring into the foreground whenever there's a moment to do it. Wait, Christy, do you, can, can you do other animal voices? Because I'm just learning this. Mm -hmm. Do Lockjaw. Because we can fire D and save <laughs> I really like D. I don't want to take his job. <laughs> By the end of this, we're going to make you do another animal voice. <laughs> I'm not doing it, Sana. Okay? I'm not doing it. 
We actually had uh, Dove Cameron on our podcast recently, and we talked about the ladder sound, going up a ladder, and how we were like, what do you think is like the hardest thing to do in voice acting? She's like, sounds that you do like to make noise. Yeah. Like, Effort. Like yeah. climbing. Yeah. Yeah. I've thrown my neck out doing that. <laughs> what, were you, what sound was it? Do you remember? It's like, uh, 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 you know, because you kind of have to, if you're, especially if you're running, it helps to be running. It helps to like have a bounce to your voice, to be breathy in that way. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times you are kind of getting a little bit of a workout and standing in front of a microphone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, a lot of times I'll come after a session and give an actor a hug and they are sweaty. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, that was nice. But mm-hmm. next time. No, let me know. <laughs> let me know. Well, yeah. there's all these extra considerations that you can't see too, because I mean, because of the superpowers. So it's like, oh no, this you're actually 30 feet away because right now you're two stories tall. Like, <laughs> so we just need a little louder. Like, You guys are so good at your jobs. Amazing. <laughs> so good, so good. Points. Takes a village. <laughs> um, Oh, actually, I do want to say we also have this amazing cast um, outside. Oh, it's not just it's not just Milana and, and yes, it Matt. is. It's just us. It's just <laughs> we do all of the other voices. I'm D Bradley Baker. <laughs> it's amazing. So we've got um, Dove Cameron who plays Ghost Spider. We've got Sierra Ramirez, Tyler Posey, Camille McFadden, Migna Wen, Chloe Bennett, yeah. Kim Raver. Yeah. Booba Stewart. Oh my God! There's so many people. Tyler Posey. Yeah. So did you say Chloe? Did you say Chloe? Chloe, uh, Chloe Bennett. Yes. Yeah, and and Dove. Did you? And Dove Cameron. Yeah. Did you say Kat Kavari? Did you say? No. <laughs> did you mention Camille? Is this a test? Are you testing her? I know. I'm gonna listen. I'm gonna I feel listen you to got like you got. I think like I got a, everyone. Yeah, think, yeah. You got an A plus. I think I'm good at my job. Um, <laughs> no, but they are just a really, really amazing uh, cast, and we're gonna have more uh, in the next few weeks, just showcasing more about what Marvel Rising uh, is is all about. So please stay tuned to all of our social uh, social handles, so you guys get some more information and follow these guys. All of these guys appear because they will be forced to promote it, too. Yeah, in, in, in the beginning, I put their social handles next to the names. I can go through them again if you guys want to keep track. I'm wearing handcuffs. <laughs> They're making me be here. Marvel handcuffs are invisible. Um, uh, we also have uh, some amazing comics coming out tying to Marvel Rising. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. So what's great about Marvel Rising is that we realize that all of these characters are really popular in publishing, and that's why there is an animated movie coming out. Um, so we went back to the original, the beginnings, uh, and did a crossover event that features Doreen and Kamala, who, by the way, never met in the Marvel Universe, which is kind of crazy, and we had the meet for the first time in this awesome crossover event. Um, Willow, do you want to speak a little bit about, about that and why it's amazing? Yeah, so, I mean, fans had been asking for a Ms. Marvel Squirrel Girl crossover literally for years. And the wonderful Ryan North, who writes Squirrel Girl, and I... He's actually here. He's here. Where is Ryan? I just Are you here, Ryan? (laughs) Is he in the audience? Yay! Yay! (laughs) You're an honorary woman to us, Ryan. (laughs) We love you. Mm -hmm. Anyway, um, you know, it it was a really, really fun collaboration in which we got to sort of combine these really well-developed worlds because I think the, the, the sort of the, the world that Squirrel Girl inhabits and the world that Ms. Marvel inhabits are so unique and so quirky and so particular to those characters. And we got to create this amazing smash-up 
of all of this wonderful backstory that they both uh, have, you know, developed over the years and their supporting casts and pit them against one of the coolest new villains that I've seen in a long time who can kind of blur the line between the real world and the game world. And of course, both Doreen and Kamala are gamers. And so they bring in a lot of knowledge about um, things like speed hacking and, <laughs> you know, all sorts of things that they have to pull on to defeat this villain. And everything is just completely over the top. It's a really fun story. It's, it's very visual. It's very kinetic. There's a lot of cool big action pieces. And it, it draws on a lot of the Ms. Marvel and Squirrel Girl lore that you have come to know and love. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, and, uh, you know, it was great to collaborate with the Squirrel Girl team. And uh, the result is, is really just fantastic. So this is actually on sale right now, and it's ongoing, so be sure to check it out. And it's actually a really great one, to comic that you can actually share with the, the younger comics fans uh, in your life, because we wanted it to be very accessible, um, and just it's just a lot of fun. So before we get to questions, can I, can I ask a question? I, I, yeah, can you ask <laughs> a question? Yeah, go I for it. Wanna, I want to ask, ask a question. Um, for just really anybody here, on anyone who wants to respond to this, we talk a little bit about like the unique powers of all of these heroes. Everyone has a strange power, stretchy power, squirrel power, uh, star powers, and that's kind of what the fun of Marvel Rising is. What is your sort of strange, unique power, and when and how did you realize you had it? Oh, my! it's, it's funny, I didn't realize I had this until, um, my husband pointed it out, but he always likes to say that I have uh, the D&D ability bardic knowledge, which is <laughs> that as a writer, I have a small, small percentage chance to know anything <laughs> and to know enough of it to BS my way through any conversation. <laughs> so it gets to the point where I'll go to parties and it's funny, I remember I was like, because we were at like a family reunion for his side of the family and someone walked up and it's like, oh, what do you do? And he's like, oh, you know, um, I sell x-ray machines. And I was like, oh, I know this about x-rays so we started to have a conversation <laughs> and but yeah so I guess writer you collect so much random information that it literally kind of starts to become a, a superpower BS is the key to success there. <laughs> yeah. very very true um actually Chloe Bennett mentioned this the other day about herself but I do I can pick up things with my feet and I pick them up all the time like I don't <laughs> when I clean my room I don't bend down to pick close up I just pick it up with my toes and I reach over and it's very convenient bending down is for suckers I yeah, yeah. Basically. <laughs> sorry everybody um I can move things with my mind I <laughs> I um I, I know it's like kind of like taboo to like brag about it but I, I just um I didn't want I, I feel like we're all very close now and I should just uh, let you know that I have full telekinesis powers None of us are really here. <laughs> and I can actually move Milana's mind, so. <laughs> ow, ow. Sorry, sorry. Willow? Uh, I have, I don't know, I have a weird, like, pet affinity. I don't have any pets, but other people's pets, you know, I'll go to somebody's house and they'll be like, oh, this cat hates everybody, just FYI, you know, don't get too close. And I'll sort of, like, bend down, and I don't even know what happens. There's, like, Disney music that plays in the background. Um... <laughs> 
But the cat will like come up and sniff and like rub its head on my hand. And same thing with dogs. There was a dog that had gotten out and was sort of loose in our neighborhood a few weeks ago and was running up and down and like wouldn't go to anybody who was trying to sort of corral it so that it wouldn't run into the street. So I just sort of sat there and the dog came up to me and sniffed and I sort of petted it and I was like, please come take the dog now. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know what you would call that exactly. Uh, it's called wild empathy. Oh, um, no. <laughs> there we have it. <laughs> Listen, I, I mean, I thought that you guys were going to be like, oh, when I was 10 years old, I used to write really weird stories, but now I make money off of it. But you guys... That <laughs> is a superpower. Right? Yeah. Wait, wait, Sana, what is yours? Legit. Oh, what is my uni- unique power? Um, I am. I have the ability to uh, lay still on a couch for a very, very long time, <laughs> and just have chocolate all over my face, um, and uh, and and just disappear from the world. It's really fulfilling. Wow. She I, also. I, I sang. Uh, I sang a squirrel t- into a trance one time. A squirrel. What? On a hike. Whoa. Actually, my friend who's here witnessed it. She took a video of it. What? I, I started singing to it, and it was like running around. And what was the song? I think it was, um, do you remember this? Come on, ride the train. (laughs) (laughs) It was actually a Disney song. And I think it was like, love is a song that never, and that's how I sing it. One single thing. And it came up closer and it came up closer. And at one point it just kind of like stood on its legs and just stared at me. And it was like one of the most special moments of Do you think it was saying, what are you doing? (laughs) I feel like it's just really clear that Disney has programmed all the squirrels in Southern California and just respond like that. It's programmed all of us too. That video will be up on the Women of Marvel Instagram. Uh, Which uh, you guys can follow right here. Uh, The Woman of Marvel. Um, We've been doing great uh, photos all this weekend. Um, And then you can uh, tweet at us and uh, you can send us emails so and, and also make sure you follow all these amazing panelists so I wonder if the squirrel was kind of prophetic and was just like we're gonna work together one day <laughs> exactly it was you wasn't it, it, was, yeah, it was, was me. I sent that squirrel and you just kept singing and the squirrel's like shut, shut up I'm trying to talk to you. I'm trying to no I'm trying to cast you in something <laughs> Uh, okay, so should we switch it up to questions? So, now? yeah, one of the b- best things about doing this panel live with you guys at Daniel Comic Con is you get to ask us questions. And for those who ask questions, we've got some fun stuff. We have uh, Woman of Marvel pins that are brand new. What? I want And we've one. got um, <laughs> the, we brought the Miss um, Marvel and Big In Hands. And Big In! Which uh, our audio producer, Brandon, will help you. So, okay. Hello. Yeah, let's get this Q&A started. Hello. Hi. It is. Um, My question is for Sana. Um, Since you kind of get all the background stuff that's happening, I know sometimes, like, comics hit, like, Miss Marvel, and they take off, and then sometimes they drop off, and sometimes they never make it out there to us. Is there a project that you've had with the like female lead that either went away or never made it out there that you're like, I wish I could bring that back? Mm. Um, that's a really good question. Yes, it does happen uh, quite some time. Uh, I've worked on uh, Electra, who's I, I just love that character, and that series didn't last, but we got it out 
you know? Um, and the way that I look at it, uh, and, and Kate Bishop, Hawkeye series by Kelly Thompson and Leonardo Romero, it is amazing, you guys, I highly, highly recommend it. It was just nominated for an Eisner. Um, but there are books like that, which they, they make it out, and maybe they don't last sort of, you know, 50 issues, but they last for the time that they do, and I consider that a success and a special moment, because then hopefully people will go buy it in a collection and a trade, um, and we don't consider books like that any less successful um, than a book like Avengers because of the impact it can have in other spaces and other markets. And we're also kind of trying to make sure that we are telling stories across all of our platforms. So we do young adult and middle grade novels now. There's an amazing middle grade novel, um, a Squirrel Girl middle grade novel. There's two, two, two volumes of it written by Shannon and Dean Hale. But there are all these other places where if you know certain characters don't necessarily sell as well as we want, we we do believe in them, and we will find other spaces to take them. And that's really where Marvel Rising is all about. Like America Chavez doesn't currently have her own comic series anymore, but we love her, and we really want to do more with her. And that's really why she's she's a part of part of that cast. Um, but I love yeah. America too. She's amazing. <laughs> we kind of have her air. Yeah, I like it. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, well, first of all, just thank you guys so much. I love when people in the entertainment industry are politically aware. That's very important. Me too. I love Woo! Um, And I just kind of wanted to pose this out to all of you as someone who's interested in the entertainment industry. What's, like, educational experiences or backgrounds that, like, led you to where you are today? I have a master's in infectious disease control. <laughs> wow. So, nothing. Wow. <laughs> nothing prepared me for this. I have a, a more practical sort of, uh, response. Um, I started making YouTube videos um, maybe like six years ago or something, and it totally changed my life. And not just because I got to build an audience on YouTube, but because I learned how to direct, write, and edit for myself. And learning how to do those things makes you a better collaborator and um, makes you m more useful in every situation you go into. So I would say um, there's nothing stopping you now from developing tangible skills, you know. It's sort of an immediate film school. It's a big kind of a crush on it. But the, the nice, but both those things combined is bring what is unique to you to the table because that's going to set you apart from everybody else. True. And trust that you have a voice too. We, I think I, the, the way I finally was able to beat all the, the terrible auditions I was getting was that one day I was like, I'm going to write roles for myself. And then I wrote a short where I played like 11 different characters and then I put that on YouTube and then I pushed it out. And it's then amazing. I got, like, you guys should watch it. I think that's very sweet of you. And then that's how I got, <laughs> that's how, that's how I, I finally was able to get new managers and new agents who understood like, oh, this person doesn't need to play a terrorist all the time. But it, you need, creating your own work is extremely important. Don't be afraid of doing that. Um, you know, I, I did go to school for dramatic writing, um, but I ended up breaking into comics, and especially if you want to write comics, you have to make comics, because it's very hard for editors to read a comic book script. Um, so I made short five-page comics and hired artists that I knew or that I found off Tumblr, and I put up samples of my work out there, and, and you really, one thing that happens with a lot of young women is, um, I like to just call it Rapunzel syndrome, where it's very, very hard to tell anyone about what you're working on, and you sort of are like, well, I'm just gonna do really good work, and eventually, you know, an editor is gonna find my tower and climb it and give me a job. Um, but really, it's you need to, done is better than perfect, 
get some samples done and get out there and just ask everyone, you know, just be honest with people. Everyone had to start somewhere. Ask what the next step is. Ask what they're willing, you know, are they willing to help you? Can they point you to where you should go next? And you just kind of need to keep putting your stuff out there even if you're not, even if you're not as good as the, you know, G. Willow Wilson, you haven't been writing comics as long as G. Willow Wilson has. So we don't expect that, but we need you to, to show up and show that you actually did something and that you want to do more things. That is the most important thing that follow through to, to breaking into this business because it really is a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yeah, I'm going to expand this a little bit because to every woman in this room, there's a statistic out there that guys will go ahead and put themselves forward for something, say a new job or whatever, if they're 60% certain that they are capable of doing it. Women wait until they're about 90 to 95% certain to saying that they can go ahead and do this new job, which means that guys get that new job before women do. Mm -hmm. So my, one, you guys leave with one thing today. If you think that maybe you can do it, do it. Mm -hmm. You will figure it out. Don't wait for an invitation. Go up there, be brave, and we will all support you. My, and if you leave with two things today, then also just watch the series. <laughs> I always thought of it as um, someone told me the worst thing that they can do is continue to not hire you. You are already not <laughs> doing the thing you want to do. So just give it a shot. <laughs> Great question. Yeah, it's a great question. Thank you. Thank you. Sit down now, poor. Where's your big invest? Did you get it? Yeah. Yeah. Hi, my name is Christian. I just want to say to Sana and uh, Willow that uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, Miss Marvel series. I've been following it since the beginning, and I think um, my favorite moment was uh, towards the Civil War II line when she starts when she breaks away from like Captain Marvel's team, mm -hmm. and she's kind of like becomes like a. Like she develops her own like morality and like kind of sticks her feet in the sand. Um, and my question is, uh, what do you see like perhaps like how uh, playing out like kind of like the younger generation of of uh, heroes, particularly like you know the kind of um, the the hip female uh, young superheroes and like kind of their conflict with like the older generation superheroes. Mm -hmm. That's for me. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, but you know, that's an excellent question. And I think that's something that we thought a lot about during that story arc, because I, I think for a lot of these younger heroes, uh, especially those who are sort of from legacy backgrounds, they're sort of following in the footsteps of characters who might be several decades old or even 50 years old, is how does that legacy change with the times? And what new kinds of heroes does this generation need? And a lot of the times when you see, um, you know, conflicts intergenerationally between those, those heroes, it's really, uh, you know, in its own way, a kind of tragedy because they want the same things. They just disagree about how to get there. And there's so much, like, Shakespearean drama in that, which, you know, unfolded in the, in the storyline that you were talking about, because... It's, it's really hard to get on the same page when you have a similar idea of, okay, this, this is what constitute just, constitutes justice, and this is what we have to do, but you have radically different ideas of how to get there. And, uh, you know, I, I think as we showed in that arc, there are really no easy answers, but for those younger heroes, learning who they are is in large part defining themselves as individuals and saying, you know what, 
when you're inspired by someone who came before, it doesn't mean that you have to do exactly what they did or follow exactly in their path. And in, in many ways, to be the hero that you were meant to be, you have to know yourself and recognize what your role is. And also, I, to add to that, I will say, like, so much of these younger heroes, like, all the characters in Marvel Rising, it's about reminding them that they have these powers, the next generation has these powers and these capabilities, and I think what happened with Parkland and those two students who have risen up is the fact that age doesn't matter when it comes to power and responsibility. Anyone can do it, um, and that's what's so incredibly important about it, is that even though you see other people with these powers that are bigger than you, shinier than you, prettier than yours, um, it doesn't mean that they're better than yours. Um, and that's really what we hope all of these characters coming together is going to teach the, the next generation. Okay, I think we may only have time for one more question. Uh, hi, I'm, hi, I'm Camo. Um, so I saw you had America Chavez. Um, and so I'm going to make a statement, and I assume everyone will like boo over me if I'm wrong. But <laughs> with America's solo ended and with like Angela not currently having a title, there aren't really any queer women who currently have their own title. Um, can you speak at all? Is America's queerness going to it all make an appearance in Marvel Rising? Or is there any like queer women featuring with a, with a larger role in the future with Marvel? Well, with Marvel in general, I will say like it's always ebbs and flows of our series and what works and what's selling and what's not selling and whatnot. But it doesn't mean, again, like I said before, it doesn't mean that they're not successful. Um, so we are taking those characters um, into these other places. And we also honestly uh, want to continue to do more. It's just about making sure we have the, the right talent, too, because I do agree. I think it's important to have queer talent behind a lot of our, our queer characters. Um, and we have to make sure we're not also checking a box, too. Um, so, yes, it's, it's definitely uh, an intention of ours. Um, and I think we've had some success between, like, America um, and Iceman. Um, and we should do more. We absolutely should do more. Uh, we just need people to kind of work with. We need, we need that support and that continuous support. Um, but America, we're not changing that character. She is who she is. Yeah. And as someone who is part of the queer community, I will say keep watching. You will be happy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for joining us again for the ninth year. Next year's 10th year, so make sure we see you guys next year. Enjoy the rest of your Comic-Con. Thank you so much. Thank you. Woo!